You are listening to the Phoenix Podcast with UK life and wellbeing coach Zoe Thompson. Meaningful and light-hearted conversations packed with hints, tips and advice to help you live the life that you want with confidence. Like, subscribe, share and make sure you stay tuned to create the tomorrow you want while learning to love your today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fire 5 at Phoenix. It is our last recording episode today of this month's topic of the mind-body connection. So if you've not tuned into these before, I'm Zoe. I'm the coach here at Phoenix Life and Wellbeing Coaching. These are recorded live with a different guest each time. The uh, kind of theory of this podcast is that the guest brings the questions to me and I haven't seen the questions before. So we get a really great variety of guests in, whether they are subject matter experts, experts in their field. Um, And we've also had some listeners come in and ask some questions as well. So we've had some great guests along the way. Today, I am joined by Emma. Uh, Emma is going to introduce herself in a moment and she's brought with her five questions. Uh, As I said, I haven't seen them. So always intrigued as to what questions come in and the conversation that follows. So thank you for listening and watching. Hopefully the conversation this morning will have lots of hints, tips and advice that will be useful to you. But that's enough from me for the moment. Emma, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, firstly, I think you're very brave answering five questions that you've never seen before. Um, I promise I've been kind. Um, So, yes, thank you for having me. My name is Emma Rowett. And just to kind of give you a bit of background, I started out my career as as an IT management consultant in the city um, with a big four company, worked all over the world, climbed the corporate ladder, loved it for the most part, um, but burnt out got really really poorly about 10 years in not from one particular thing but just a combination of smaller things and that compound effect really kicked in I got really ill with adrenal issues hormonal issues thyroid issues and I went down a path of functional and medicine and naturopathic nutrition to help heal myself because I wasn't really getting anywhere with traditional allopathic treatments Uh, so that set me off down a route of really thinking about what I was putting on my skin and in my body And I really started to to research that. And then a really good friend of mine and work colleague at that consultancy had started a business with a brand called Arbonne, which is a product-based health and wellness business. She asked me to take a look at that business. I said no, (laughs) but I did really understand the value and the principles of what they were offering because I knew I needed to really reevaluate what I was putting on my skin, in particular sun cream and shampoos and conditioners, all these nasties that are in them. So I started using the products. Fast forward three years, I was still in that corporate job that burnout was starting to come back again and I knew I had to make a change because if you change nothing nothing changes so I said yes to building a business alongside her while still working my corporate career and I built that business that health and wellness product-based business to a level where it allowed me to go down to part-time consulting but in the last six years that I've been doing that a year or so ago I decided to re-qualify and kind of go through a complete career change into the world of naturopathic so I am now studying to become a certified naturopathic nutritionist with nutritionist, I can't even say it, nutritionist with the College of Natural and Integrative Medicine in the UK. Um, it's something I've studied for years, but I feel like I've now got to the stage where I actually want to, I guess, make it official. Um, mm-hmm. And so my mission 
life is ultimately to change the health of this planet one person at a time. I just think there's so much that we can do to add health to people's lives. And when it comes to it, people know what they know. And there's so much out there that people don't know about how they can make tiny little changes that can really boost their health. So that's where I'm at now. I still run my Arbonne business. I still help people build their own businesses and I help people get healthy with Arbonne's products. I'm studying to be the naturopathic nutritionist, which I'm I'm just so passionate about. I love it. And I still do some freelance part-time consulting with predominantly companies that are a force for good and I've got an interest in. So I pick and choose and, and work between the three. So kind of crazy life but I love it <laughs> lots of variety in there isn't there but some yeah. the underlying values are very similar across across all of them well thank you for your thank you for your time and coming in today and I think it's been and I think picking up on what you said there you know the the sort of natural treatments natural approaches you know, the I think you know, we, we've talked over the last couple of episodes on this topic about the combination of, you know, the sort of Western medicine, Eastern medicine of natural medicine, how we can look after ourselves just by eating well, sleeping well, exercising, all of these things. And like you said, people know what they know. They go by what they know. They go they go by what's worked for them. Um, but there's a lot of information that is still not out there in the general public isn't there and it's yeah how, how to get that information out to be able to help people but I think from I guess from my perspective give people the options so that they can make a choice because I think that's what I think that's what's important for, for me is that people have that choice but you need the knowledge to be able to make an informed choice don't yeah you? and that's what I'm passionate about is around the education I'm never there to scare people I'm there to educate and I think when you can make things quite you know one of the things i'm working really hard on is to simplify concepts and to simplify stories and experiences and scientific information so that people go ah okay that's what's in that that's where that's come from and then they can make the intuitive mindful educated choice on what they do and don't put in and on their bodies or their children's or their families Um, and it's about helping people it be, be intuitive so you know if you want to pick up if you want to go down to the fast food takeaway place and grab a, whatever it is know what's in it be okay with that and enjoy it if that's what you want to do um but at the same time know where your carrots come from know where your apples come from it, you know it, and you have to pick and choose your battles because obviously you could go down a rabbit hole where mm-hmm. i'm so consumed and obsessed by what you use and really, for me, it's about that balance. And you know, we can't be perfect in every every choice that we make. So we have to to make the choices and the sacrifices that yeah. work for us. And that's different for different people. And um, and as with many things, there isn't always. It's not necessarily a right or a wrong. It's making the best decision for you at that time and different different priorities and different different options and choices, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. So I am intrigued. <coughs> Excuse me. I am intrigued as to um, where the conversation is going to go this morning. So you've got five questions. I've got five questions. I'm going to start with a fun question. Okay. So my first question (laughs) is, if you were deserted on an island for a week, let's just call it a week, and you have access to water, okay, you have some water. Okay. What would be the one food that you would take with you enough to last you a week and why? Oh, good question. Don't know actually. It's really interesting. I'm trying to think of the things that 
that I would, I don't know. So it's really, the, the, um, my mind's just gone back to, I went to um, India when I was um, about 15, six, 16. And um, so I was in India for about three weeks. <clears throat> and I remember really missing cheese and coming back and just eating cheese pretty much <laughs> in every possible meal to the point then where I went completely off cheese. I kind of go in cycles of yeah. different foods. Um, I really like variety, but I find sometimes like it's especially when you're busy it's more just a case of something that's easy and accessible there's part of me that thinks if I was on an on an island I would really want to make use of and be quite adventurous as to what's there you know the the fish and yeah. vegetation and and things like that but what would I need to bring with me to help Jeez. <laughs> which is really funny because I'm actually lactose intolerant cheese is not well, always a great lactose free but yeah <laughs> Yeah, the lactose-free cheeses are, are really good. So we we tend to have we tend to have that here, but you know, like I want to put. And I think seasoning, salt, salt, pepper, yeah. and seasoning. That's my final answer. Salt, the salt, pepper, and seasoning, pepper and then I would want to be really adventurous with what I can find and have yeah. access to on the island. There we go. Final answer. Oh, nice. Good answer. <laughs> cheese. Not cheese. Yeah, <laughs> not cheese. Nut cheese. <laughs> um, what I tried cashew nut cheese the other day, and that was delicious. You ever tried cashew nut cheese before? Oh, so good. Uh, no, not. I've tried cashew nut ice cream. Cashew nut cheese is very nice. Oh, okay, um, I'll add that to the list. What would you I take? Know, I know a lady locally that sells it. Um, I would take an. I would take the egg ah. because the egg has every vitamin and mineral in it, other than vitamin C, that you would need to survive. ADK, it's got cholesterol, fats, carbs, yeah. you name it. Um, I will take the egg because there's a lot you can do with the egg. The, the, egg, egg, is the egg is probably the one reason why I think I would find it difficult to um, eat a vegan a vegan diet because yeah. the, the egg is not replaceable. The cheeses yeah. are all replaceable. The yeah. milks are all replaceable. The egg, not so much. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good answer too. So well, your egg and my seasoning... <laughs> That might be an easier option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The eggs. I think sometimes the egg gets a bad rap, and it's just it shouldn't. It's eggs are just amazing. So if you get a good egg, that is not a bad. One. Yes. Shall I move on to my second question? Yeah. Okay. So going back more to kind of the mind body skin connection. That's why really what I focus my well mind body connection questions mm -hmm. on is. When you hear the phrase, and I know this is more mind-body connection, but when you hear the phrase mind-body-skin connection, what immediately comes to your mind when you hear that? What does that make you think of? It makes me think of the, the marketing of skincare, skin products that tell you that there's all these nutrients in there, skin cream, skincare, skin lotions, and a lot of people focus on that when they're buying skincare stuff, but they don't look at how they can actually consume that. Yeah. So they'll look at how they can, you know, they'll look to find the way of, well, I need to have that because that's really important for my skin. But they'll think of it from the outside absorption rather than cons the eating and absorption yeah. that way. So I think... The, the skin element for me is how our skin can be significantly impacted by 
how we eat and how we live. So I have mild eczema and I've had it for since my teens. And actually a lot of the time it, it doesn't show up, but it shows up when I'm stressed. It shows up if I haven't slept enough. It shows up if I'm not getting enough rest and downtime, so separately to sleep. And it also shows up if I have periods of time where I'm not eating well or I'm not drinking enough water. So I know for me that the eczema is my trigger sign of you need to slow down, you need to start paying more attention to what you're eating and go and get yourself some more water. And that quite often will will take control of it. But I know, you know, you have lots of conversations, don't you? Or you see lots of marketing around skincare that tells you, lists all the vitamins that it's got. And people can talk about the vitamin. Oh, that's a really good vitamin. It's very good for your skin. Yeah. Okay. What? How do you consume that in your diet? Yeah. 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 And, and I think that that would be where I would love to change the focus in helping people to eat the nutrients rather than the from from yeah. the outside yeah. in, yeah. inside yeah. out rather than the outside in. Yeah. And I would say people come to me quite often and say, do you know, you have, do you have some recommendations for something for eczema or acne or psoriasis or rosacea? And yes, I can recommend lotions and potions, but ultimately the mind-body-skin connection is if you fix the insides, your gut, which is from your mouth to your bottom, it's the whole way, you know, the whole, yeah. the whole system, then, you know, your, your skin is your largest organ. So if you fix your gut, you will, your skin will present as it should and mind as well. If your gut isn't happy, your mind isn't happy. If your mind isn't happy, your gut isn't happy because it's connected through a nerve, which then has an impact on your skin because your skin is there to protect your body. Mm. Um, we sweat things out, we take things in. Um, it's, it's all, in my mind, completely connected. And I always say to people, you know, when they've got, especially when they've got really bad cases of a skin condition, be it rosacea or acne or, or eczema, is sort your gut out, get tested if you can, if you if you've got the channels um, to to do that, because quite often you'll find, you know, parasites or gut flora imbalances or you know or leaky gut. That if you fix that, the skin condition clears up, gets better. It doesn't necessarily go away because it depends on your, your you know your medical history and whether you're genetically prone to that type of thing, but. Yeah, it's it's all it's all linked. It's all completely linked. And like you say, there's just so many, so many clever marketing programs out there now that will say if you use this cream, it will reduce your fine lines and wrinkles. And it's like, well, it might do a little bit, but actually, um, you can do that from the inside. You can do that with the way you think, what you consume, both mind and food and drink, yeah. how you move. Um, so, yeah, I think people. I'm hoping that people are starting to latch on a bit more to to that but the same as you we yeah. need to change the face of that marketing campaign which is a cream will fix everything because well yeah, marketing is a very powerful tool isn't it in terms of the information that we take in and I think the information that we almost unconsciously take in yeah you know because it is everywhere and that messaging is everywhere and I think we absorb that information not necessarily consciously or taking or, or questioning it or critiquing that information or putting it into context and you know I think marketing of you know information about food marketing of, you know in how these skin cares and, and things like that I think yes it's a real challenge isn't it because I think especially that's where the young people are, are taking in information 
and I think people trust brands you know you 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 see a a brand for a cereal and you think well that looks healthy for children and then actually not until you do your digging you realize you know and that's one of the things I really like to do with education is you buy it off the shelf unconsciously so you know you don't really think about it you're like it's good for your heart it's got fortified vitamins and minerals da 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 and you don't really then well that that clearly that's you think well that's good surely that's good and it's not until you just sit down and go well hang on where was the grain grown how was the grain treated how was the grain processed what what are they taking out to add back in and you know then you look at the sugar and where did the sugar come from and you know you can go down a rabbit hole with it but Mm. ultimately the marketing (laughs) is there to encourage us to trust um, in brands and yeah. it's really our responsibility to an extent I mean I, I heard something say the other day in America you should just vote with your dollar if you don't buy these things then they have to make a change and that's easier said than done but it, it does make sense okay my next question is what are your thoughts or opinions on the links between the food and drink that we consume and mental well-being I think it's a very strong link and and again it's one that we don't we don't always pay attention to and how's it how did I, I saw something I think it was at the beginning of this week um, uh, a personal trainer had shared a, a post on uh, Twitter I think about how younger people sort of the university generation at the moment a lot of them are stopping drinking and not not necessarily teetotal but uh, drinking a lot less yeah uh, and it was linked to also you know the pubs and and places reopening and how a lot of people over lockdown have started to drink less and it's changed habits and and how it's sort of the the benefit for things and I was talking to somebody about it and I was saying how actually a lot of the people that I've I've worked with um have actually stopped drinking because whilst they enjoy you know a glass of wine or a gin or whatever their their choice of drink is the knock-on impact the following day and we're not talking about hangovers we're not talking about drinking large amounts but a lot of them are reporting increasing in anxiety and lower mood that following day so even though you know this isn't you know we're not talking about going out on the on the lash and having a massive hangover they're just talking about you know even just a glass or two on a on with a meal um, and actually the impact that's that's having the following day and a lot of people are using that to make the decision to to drink less um, and I think a lot more people are paying attention to choices of food. I think, again, another benefit of lockdown that people have been at home. So they've been home and been able to prepare meals rather than what's available in a canteen or yeah. what's available in the local shops. I think people have been able to make better decisions for them about eating at lunchtime and stopping, coming away from the desk and eating so more mindful eating, I think, has made a big difference. So I think there have been, you know, there's been a few benefits to lockdown. And I think that has been one of them. But I think how we eat has a huge impact on how we feel. But it's that cycle, isn't it, of when we eat, we feel better. And so quite often we can be more physically active. That impacts our mental and emotional health. And sometimes we feel better and that once so then we want to be more active so it's that yeah. you know I think this was the conversation that I had 
uh, with I think in the first episode on this topic is that it's one of those um, areas where I think you could draw the line in any direction and connect the dots and it all has it all has that impact I know that when you know I have certain foods I feel more sluggish more lethargic um, that sometimes it can impact my sleep yeah um, it can certainly impact energy levels if I go to the gym or it sometimes it can just some things just give you that slumpy feel don't they where you just then yeah. don't feel like doing anything so I think sometimes it's that for me it's making that connection when I'm making the choice because you know the information is there isn't it it's there in the back of your head but it's that question and it's a question that I you know get people that I work with to ask themselves if okay um, is this an emotional choice of this is what I feel like I want or is this the more logical choice of this is what I know my body wants and needs and, yeah. and having that variety and making that choice and like you said it's that it's it's making an informed choice isn't it is I know that if I eat this this is how I will feel uh, and I know if I eat this this is how I will feel yeah. I think one of the one of the key things for me is looking at the consequences of that decision because quite often when that decision feels positive the consequences aren't as positive potentially more negative and and vice versa sometimes we make a decision that feels is a harder decision to make but the consequences that follow are a lot more positive so it's thinking ahead of this is how I feel in the moment this is the choice I'm making in the moment to think what will happen beyond that and so making that sort of bringing that perspective excuse me into making that decision but I think what we eat and what we drink you know just you know even things like getting enough water drink being hydrated has a huge impact on focus and concentration and you know getting rid of that brain fog just by being hydrated it's such a simple thing to do but again it's it's knowing the impact that that has but I think also paying attention to the impact you know like you said at the beginning when you were talking about your history with with working in the corporate world of that burnout and the overwhelm it's very easy isn't it to just keep going or just keep going just keep going until my next long weekend off or my next break rather than saying okay stop what's going on here what small changes can I make that will start to have that impact you know it's that small what what small changes can I make that's going to have that ripple effect to help me feel better yeah and you see it quite often I saw it and I was one of those people that you know I'd work and work and work and get to like the Christmas break and then I'd get ill because you know that you're in that state of fight or flight the entire time your body is in a constant state of stress and so when you then relax rest and digest state your immune system's almost like I can't I'm done I can't I can't cope so many people and I still see it and I work with these people all the time you know they are the stress is good we need stress if you don't have stress you will die because we are we have to have stress but stress is like that you've probably heard the analogy you know it's it's running from the proverbial tiger you're not going to be running from a tiger for days weeks or months you might run from a tiger for a couple of hours maybe minutes you're either going to get killed by the tiger (laughs) and then your body literally is like all hands on deck yeah you know immune system stop put your tools down stop what you're doing stop eating stop this just just survive this tiger 
And then once the tiger situation has dissipated, the stress goes away. But mm-hmm. we all now, well, not we all, that's a sweeping generalisation, but people live in this chronic state of stress where they yeah. don't ever get out of that state of stress, which causes disease, which is the word disease. And then you see disease. And I used to be the person in the corporate world and I never thought this was bad. This is the thing. People only know what they know. I was so consumed with my job. I love what I did. I partied I mean, I did. I partied hard. Even now I got to work some days. But my my like I can remember looking back, like on a typical day, and there's no good or bad here. There's not good foods and bad foods. I don't I don't believe in that. I, you know, you can put it in your mouth and it comes out the end. It's it's food. Um, but I would get up and I would have Starbucks skinny latte and a skinny muffin for breakfast and then I'd probably have another cup of coffee mid-morning because I've got a coffee meeting and then lunch I would eat things like Muller light yogurts the diet ones and snacker jacks and a diet coke then have another coffee or another diet coke in the afternoon and then in the evening I'd go home and have a bowl of pasta so I wasn't overeating in fact anything I was probably under eating yeah but that I wasn't fueling my body in any way that gave my body the nutrients it needed, the energy it needed. I was just living off stimulants, basically. And you know, I remember going into work oh, about four years ago and seeing this lady at 7.30 in the morning. She was only about 27. And she, on her desk, she I'm not kidding you, she had a coffee, a Red Bull and a Diet Coke all lined up at 7.30 in the morning. And this is when I'd already, you know, started to make big changes. And it wasn't for me to kind of go up to her and say, well, what, what do you think you're doing? I was like, that's exactly where I was. That is exactly mm-hmm. what I used to do because you have to get through. Yeah. You have to get through the day and you just don't know what you don't know because you know that's going to give you that energy kick that you need. And it goes back to the sleep. You know, when we we drink copious amounts of caffeinated drinks, whether it be tea, coffee, energy drinks, whatever it might be, with lots of caffeine, it really disrupts your sleep cycles. You don't get to bed at the same time. You don't wake up at the same time. You know, you're looking at your phone before you go to sleep. It, it all adds and you've got your hormones all out of balance it it all adds up and I think I never knew that I didn't have a clue that that was I I think I was in I was in my 30s before yeah I started to become aware of of any of that and I did I did the same if I was telling my son the other day about because he'd gone out and gone into work the next day and I said I remember when I used to do that regularly and I'd sit there with I remember a full I didn't have the diet cake I had the full fat cake a banana and a Mars bar (laughs) that was my first thing in the morning hangover hangover cure or not enough sleep cure because you know I worked shifts and so yeah and I think I don't want to make a sweeping statement, but I think, you know, for shift workers, because oh, yeah. you're not you're not getting that sleep cycle. So it is disruptive to your energy levels. And quite often shift workers are, you know, they work in busy environments. So actually a scheduled lunch break very rarely happens. So you tend to eat on the move, which impacts your digestion. And you don't always have time to plan what you're going to eat. So you end up grabbing what you can, what's accessible, you make quick fast choices you know your quick quick energy release and caffeine and you know that doesn't fuel somebody who's working in that busy environment but again it's you know it's making it's making quick choices isn't it and it's not always knowing or not always being fully informed in actually the difference that certain foods and certain drinks can make negatively and, and positively yeah and it's it's inflammation you know stress will cause that inflammation in your body but but foods and I think sometimes it, it doesn't even you know you can look at what 
I go back to my days of, you know, drinking a lot of Diet Coke, um, you, in isolation, you know, you can have a Diet Coke. If you want a coffee, I drink coffee. I've just had a coffee this morning. But yeah, it, was, it, was the, it was the amount that I was drinking and it was yeah. the types of foods and drinks that were triggering that inflammation in my body. So, you know, overconsumption of the glutens, the processed dairy, the sugar, alcohol, caffeine in the wrong form. You can get, caffeine is good for you if you get it in the right form and the right quantity, you drink it at the right time of day. Um, but, you know, it was just this over, over inflammation on my body. Mm-hmm. And then what that does is when your body is inflamed, you don't even really, it's not like it's on fire. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm in inflammation. But what then happens is, you know, your lining, you know, your gut is just, the lining is just going. And then mm-hmm. the food is getting into your blood system, into your circulatory system. That then passes the blood brain barrier. You know, things like gluten bind to your opiate receptors in your brain. That's what creates the brain fog, that type of thing. And no one's going to, you know, people don't, aren't educated to make those, those connections. Why would they be? And then a number of people I talk to who say, I've just, you know, brain fog, lack of energy. And I was like, if you just make these really simple changes and shifts, not forever, yeah. but just start them off, you know, I'd say start them off, you know, so you're cutting those things out if you can. Mm-hmm. Then gently bring them back in. But if you cut them out, if it's like, you know, 30 days, 60 days, you'll notice the difference. And then mm-hmm. I would say to people, you just don't know how good your body can feel until you feel it. Um, and it's making that it's making those those tiny shifts. And, and like you said, we are a, a nation of people that grab on the go. And predominantly, if you, if you turn over the packet of anything that you eat that's come from a packet, the three key ingredients will always be a form of sugar, disguised a form of soy soya soya lechin soy and gluten and mm-hmm. those three combined those three are not separate you know have them but when you start having them at every meal yeah. cereal and toast for breakfast cheese and pickle sandwich for lunch pasta and sauce for dinner you, you then you kind of look at it and go wow this is my my diet is like got 20 ingredients in it all week yeah it used to be a world that you know consumed seven to eight hundred different foods a year and now we're down to like 50 or 60 because crazy, isn't it? you know the industrial, revolution, the industrial revolution and yeah. the way that agriculture is now done we don't eat the again sweeping generalizations some people do but we don't eat the variety of foods that we used to eat mm. because we're all busy um and we all work and you know back in the yeah. day i'm not saying we get back to this but women not so many women work so they were at home to walk down to the grocers and boil up this and make that we're not anymore so who does it <laughs> We, we don't have time. So actually we want the convenience, but you, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a catch 22. So it's it like is. I said at the beginning, you've got to find the things that you want to focus on. You cannot do it yeah. all. And this, so this is the thing that I quite often get people to do is, is just to keep a diary for the week. So don't make any changes, just yeah. keep a diary for the week and just really pay attention to your energy levels, your yeah. sleep, how you feel, your mood, you know, the, the mood swings, uh, like how in general, how is your food? And then just look at that food and drink diary yeah. to see, you know, the, the you know, the, so I get them to look at um, the foods that they eat, what they drink, water, alcohol, other, any activity that they take when they have you know gone to bed and woken up and then just to then look at that seven day picture yeah and for, for me as i like to focus on on the positive of you know what's what days have felt better look at and highlight what did you do differently on those yeah. days that helped you to feel better that's what you want to do more of 
and yeah. focus on increasing what they know works well for them and then eventually that decreases the things yeah. that don't work so well for them so it's it's the same the same outcome it's it just from the the lifestyle perspective looking at that bigger picture but just again the first step is always pay attention isn't it pay attention to what works pay attention to what's not working and like you said you know what can you what can you start to change and I like the approach of find out what's working and start to do more of it because eventually that drops off the things that aren't working it replaces the things that aren't aren't working and that's that's something that works well with a lot of people I think I would add to that. I mean, I don't know if you get people to do this, but going back to the mind connection is what are they consuming before they, I mean, I'm thinking like social media, TV, newspapers, mm-hmm. magazines. I had a client a while back and she was suffering from terrible insomnia and bad dreams. And she was eating, We were, you know, eating while she was, she was getting there, um, doing all the right things for her body. And so I was like, do you watch TV before you go to bed? She's like, yeah. And I said, what, what did you watch? What do you typically watch? Because oh, I love a couple of hours of the real life A&E programme, like where they're actually like the documentary about being yeah. working in A&E. It's like, let's not watch that for a few days. <laughs> Just see if that makes it. It did. It made a yeah. huge difference because she was going to bed consumed with quite graphic and daunting and sad, yeah. not always happy, thoughts in her head after the show she she just watch and I said that will even though you you think I'm talking garbage that will have a huge impact on your sleep you know if you want to watch it maybe watch it at 6 p.m rather than 10 p.m and then watch something else that is a bit more light-hearted or meditate before you go to bed and and by that I just mean put some music on and just let that send you to sleep if that's what works for you it it was like you said it it because we 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 nutted out what she was actually watching before she went to bed or reading or scrolling whatever it is you're doing you know that there was no connection there she's like I don't know I keep getting these nightmares and they weren't nightmares about the program they were just horrible nightmares yeah your your brain is you know you're you're feeding your mind things that are probably not going to relax you before you go yeah and in in a similar vein I get people to lie in bed or sit next you know sit before they go to bed and think of um three things that have gone well for them that day three things that have been a positive to help them to especially for people who really struggle with that settling their mind down before they go off to sleep or you know the overthinkers the people who worry um that that works really well of just lie in bed or sit next to your bed really focus on slowing down your breathing and then just recall three things that have gone well today three or you know three things that have felt good today three positive positive things just to help you get into that relaxed Mm. settled and just calm calm the mind a little bit put it into that positive state before you kind of rest into sleep but yeah lots of people hit the pillow at 60 miles an hour like an emergency stop don't they yeah absolutely that's that's a whole that's a whole other episode in itself isn't it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we did sleep we did we did a month on sleep and rest yeah. so um for anybody who is struggling in that area um feel free to scroll back because we did there's there's a good three or four episodes on sleep and sleep and rest and um some sort of food physical health ones as well so great question yeah. Yeah. when you eat what you eat before you go to bed you know i again I, with my clients i I really advocate for them to have a wet, not every day of the week, because we've all got social lives, but wherever you can, you know, 12 hours between meals. So if you eat at 7 p.m., do not mm-hmm. eat again until 7 a.m. the next morning. So you really give your time, 
your body the time that it needs to digest, to process, to rest. You know, the rest and digest is there for a reason. Um, you know, but when we're still eating things at ten o'clock at night, um, and then we go to sleep, and it's just, it, it, that could contain something that's quite you know stimulating, sugar, mm -hmm. caffeine, whatever it might be, then. It, it, that has a massive impact on, mm -hmm. on sleep. So again, it goes back to the mind and your your ability for your brain to just to dream and just to dream well yeah. and to shut down. So, yeah. okay, I'll go on to my next question, um, which we kind of we kind of talked about a bit, but dive into a bit more detail. Do you think there is a movement towards making the connection between the food and let's talk, you know, products would be skin products, consumption and mental health, or do you think it's going the other way? Do you think that you know, based on your line of work and what you do, mm. do you see more people becoming conscious of it, really? Or do you feel like it's the people like that are interested in it that actually? Yeah, I'm not. I think if you, I think the challenge is if I look at the connections. So if I look at the connections and the conversations I've had in the last 12, 18 months, I would say there is an increase in people becoming more aware. And I wonder whether or not my perspective on that is skewed because the people who I work with have become more aware, they're more self-aware, they're much more focused on working on themselves, making changes, making improvements. So they are more aware, but they're also more aware in general. And that's why they're working with me. That's why they're making you know, making changes to work on themselves. So it's that skewed picture, isn't it, of that percentage yeah. of people who are paying attention trying to do things to to make positive change for themselves and I don't know that that necessarily is reflective in society as a whole I think there's lots more out there isn't there I think the, the the great thing about social media is that it's not filtered it's also the negative thing about social media is that it's not filtered but it what it does is it does take away doesn't it some of the filter of marketing the filter of mainstream media propaganda and all of those again another another topic of discussion in itself but what it does is it puts a lot more information out there which is a positive and it can also be a negative because there's too much information out there. But I think what you know, you talk about different movements of paying attention to what we eat, where that food has come from, how that impacts the environment, how that impacts, you know, the the way the world is working in for now and in in the future. I think there's more, there's a lot more information out there over, you know, looking at our oceans and where fish are fishes fishes where our fish is <laughs> where our fish is sourced from and the impact of pollution into the oceans that impacts those food sources you know the impact of gm and things that are modified and what goes into the crops and the speed in which we're trying to process and have perfectly shaped bananas and apples and you know, putting wax on fruit to make it look more attractive yeah. in the supermarket. All of these things that I think mainstream media marketing don't want us to know particularly. No. Um, whereas I think that unfiltered social media, people talking about it is a lot is is a lot more frequent now. I think it's a lot. Uh, if you want to see it, well, yeah, 
yeah. And, and I, I think, think that's where we forget that we see our feeds and we assume that everyone else sees our feeds, but they've got their own their own feeds. And yes. I did a training the other night on nutrition and um I was talking about carrots. <laughs> and I put two pictures of some carrots on the screen, and the one picture was like the Bugs Bunny carrots, you know, the carrots mm -hmm. with the green tops, they were dirty. They've been pulled out the ground carrots and then the other picture was a bowl of those little tiny like baby carrots that you get they're almost like they look a bit like what's it's yeah they're like the perfectly formed shiny little tiny baby carrots you typically get in a packet or you get them in a can and i said to i said to people watching i was like you know here's a picture of carrots and carrots which one's a carrot and which one's not and they're like well they're both carrots like well technically they are both carrots said, but these carrots have been grown in the ground pulled out the ground they've still got the dirt on them these carrots or one or two they've either been genetically modified in a greenhouse to create them because carrots do not grow <laughs> little tiny things like that or what they've actually done i did some research on this and this is a real thing the carrots that come out looking wonky and you know no one's going to want to buy and whatever they mush all that carrot down put it in machines and then they pump it out and shape it and mold it to make the little perfectly formed no. technically it is still a carrot but you know, then you've got the shininess and they're all perfectly formed. And you're like, well, where, where's what's it? And it goes back to nutrient density. Yeah. You know, carrot is a carrot. So there's no good and bad. But if you look at the nutrient density of the Bugs Bunny carrot and you look at what they're called heritage or heirloom carrots on it. And the nutrient density of the carrot in the packet that is the perfect shape, great for little kids. There's a big difference. And people I used to, I still do sometimes go into supermarket. You don't bat an eyelid ask carrots, get some carrots, get yeah. some get some apples those ones are shiny i'm going to get those ones i'm not going to get the dirty potatoes get the dirty potatoes because why would you want a dirty potato get the clean potato then you have to clean it um and people you know it again it's convenience it's yeah. but it's sometimes it's not even that it's not even laziness it's just what we have grown up to do it's just what you do you buy yeah. a bag of potatoes that are all clean you might give them a quick wash but they're kind of clean um yeah it's it's just what we're but it's, it also comes down to even how it's positioned in the supermarket isn't it of you know what's on what shelf and what's in our eye line and what's yeah. what's yeah. presented to us when we walk in and then how it's packaged and oh all of yeah. all of that stuff yeah and it is changing isn't it it's it's become it has become the norm and it has become therefore something that we don't give energy and focus and attention to unless you have chosen to do that yeah yeah and you think I was thinking I was genuinely thinking this the other day in the supermarket you walk typically in the UK you walk into supermarket and the first section that you come to is the fresh fruit and veg aisle yeah. and it's normally like one aisle or it's like an eighth of a supermarket and then the rest is just aisles of food that is not you got the deli counts at the back but is not fresh it's cans packets boxes yeah and it wasn't this place i stood there i was like wow one eighth of this supermarket has fresh produce maybe two eighths the rest is and i'm not saying that's bad because you know eggs come in a box and you know there's yeah. rice and this, but it, it just kind of blew my mind as to how much food we consume that you know could somebody if i quiz them how was that made where did it come from yeah would you know and yet we're we're all so worried about you wouldn't put diesel in an unleaded car and you wouldn't put unleaded in a diesel car because the car wouldn't move yeah but we're happy to do that with our bodies same with drugs you know i always do the i always use the body as a bathtub analogy you know if the if you imagine your bar, your body is a bathtub 
if the plug is not, if the drain isn't blocked, you put things in, it comes out, put things in, it comes out. If that drain is blocked, the bath will overflow. If your yeah. real bath overflowed in your house, the first thing you would do, I'd hope, is you turn the tap off so that it didn't keep overflowing. And then you'd get a mop potentially to mop up. But with our bodies, we don't turn the tap off. We go to the doctor, we get the pill or the cream, which is the mop, and we mop around the problem, but we carry on consuming what it is. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. What more and more people I work with is like, well, I'm on this pill for this and this pill for this. And this. Yeah, but why? Why do you have that in the first mm -hmm. place? the root cause of the problem here because all that's doing on the whole not always medication is required but on the whole is masking the symptom so why do you have the symptom in the first place and you know and then you, the gluten-free aisle is a classic people do need gluten-free options if they're celiac or i'm gluten intolerant but you go down the gluten-free aisle you just turn the box over and you read the ingredients and you go i have no idea what that is but it's yeah. gluten-free so it must be good um you know it, it's because the marketing and and the the free from aisle is there and you're like wow it's free from aisle it's brilliant this is what i'm going to go yeah. for and i i i thought i had a gluten in insensitivity i was tested for celiac and, and was okay but i think for for me it's not the the gluten what i found was it was actually all of the things in those products that help yeah. keep it fresh preserved for longer it's all of the preservatives yeah. and the additives um, I, I don't tend to do it now purely for, for time, but and, and also because it doesn't keep fresh and stay fresh for very long, but to, to make my own bread. Yeah. And I'm absolutely fine on that. No response at all. But that's because it's, you know, it's made, it hasn't got all of those things in it. So I think that's that's the thing for me within packaged food is is it absolutely has its place in today's society. Yeah. But it's when you look at the length of the of the date if it can sit in your cupboard for about four years yeah possibly yeah possibly there's a few things in there that we um as humans are not necessarily designed to um to be able to process That's the thing our bodies have not caught up and they won't catch up with the no. way in which food is now processed and manufactured you know that is ahead of i think it'll always be ahead of where our, you know our bodies what they can you know whole foods i always say if you can pick it catch it kill it eat yeah. it um, yeah gluten-free stuff is is a great there's some there are some good things out there don't get me wrong there are because i use them but the number of people that i see that need to eat gluten-free for various reasons they then still experience or start to experience a lot of the symptoms with ibs and leaky gut and SIBO and skin conditions because what they're replacing that gluten-free that gluten option with like a really good artisan baked loaf of bread right but it's got gluten in it so they go to the gluten-free aisle and get their gluten-free bread and it's got the fructose the corn syrup the sugar the soya soy lechins you know the e this yeah. e that the things you don't even can't even pronounce and all that's doing is just increasing it's stopping the gluten reaction but it's increasing the inflammatory reaction yeah and people then get lost like, well, what do i do i can't eat that so what do i eat instead and it's again it, it goes back to educating mm. back to the education not the scaremongering of there's plenty yes. of things you can eat there are plenty of things but you are going to have to commit to making some changes and that really comes down to what's yeah. important for you what what do you value more and and i think also not you know don't change everything at, you know don't yes. feel and for some people work that works some for some people that blanket change kind of cold turkey works for them because yeah. they find it easier to shut it all out and then and then start again it doesn't have to be that way you can just 
pick one food and say, right, this, you know, I'm going to eat less of this and I'm going to replace it with that for this week and see what what that what difference that makes but you know like I said before for me it's about finding what works and do more of that and then eventually that will then start to replace the things that, that aren't working but it is making informed choices about yeah. what you're doing more yeah. of so that you're not replacing one problem with another, with another. And that's exactly what I say. So we focus, let's focus on what you can eat, not what you can't. Because yes. as soon as your brain goes back to the mind, as soon as you start to think about deprivation and diets and what you can't have, you, you're on a losing streak. But you can focus on all the great stuff you can have, and all the great stuff that's working for you and that you can do. I've had clients, you know, coffee. Coffee is a great one where their coffee intake to most people would seem quite excessive to some it wouldn't you know if you're on 12 15 cups of coffee today a day that that to me is is quite a lot of coffee um but for that particular person and for me i love a coffee but what we got to at the end of a program was not never drinking coffee again she went from 12 15 cups a day down to three and then replaced the rest with water and other, and other yeah. things. i was like that's success. That is absolute success because she realised how much she was depending on it, how habitual it had come rather than the necessarily the addiction. Yeah. Um, and when she was doing it, she caught when she was doing it. You know, it was when we were in offices, you know, it was always, well, I just meet people at the coffee machine, have a chat and so I just make another coffee and I make another coffee. And it was affecting her sleep and it was affecting all sorts of things in her body. She wasn't necessarily making the connection because it was keeping her going. Yeah. I was like, I'm not saying don't have coffee. Let's just let's just work together to get your coffee down. Yes. Because you'll feel so much better. And let's focus yeah. on what you can have instead. And it worked. Um, so it's also then enjoying it, isn't it? It's yeah. uh, rather than yeah. habitual. And I, I love my coffee in the morning. I would fight you to keep my coffee in the morning. But there's, yeah. it, it is part of, for me, it's the waking up, it's the sitting, it's coming, you know, it's, it's the quiet, it's yeah. the, yes, the, yeah, yeah. the smell, the taste. Um, but that's it. I have my, my two coffees in the morning and then I get up yeah. and then it's water pretty much for the rest of the day and that works that works well for me but it, again it's paying attention isn't it if it's working for you great it's we're, we're, we're talking about the things that are having a negative impact we're not talking about taking all of the good stuff away from you no. that we're talking about changing Enjoy. the things that are having a negative impact yeah. so that you've you know so that you can have the good things and and feel better but I think sometimes it's that it's that deprivation feel, isn't it? You want to yeah. take this away, and it's like, no, we yeah. want to, we want to replace it with something that helps you to feel better, and that is still enjoyable for you. It's not. This is not a punishment, and not one size fits all. There isn't no. one way of eating. Oh, no. There just isn't, and that's why you know when people they they get benefits out of juicing, or they get benefits out of keto, or they get benefits out of whatever calorie control, whatever it is for them. If they genuinely flourish on that way of eating yeah. and they don't come across like it's death and it's hell then I'm like go for it if that works yeah. for you then, then do it there's there's not there's not one right or wrong way there's things that are dangerous and I would probably advise against certain things based on that person's background health or whatever it might be but on the whole you've got you've got to find the thing that works for you and that could take yeah. a while but yeah. eventually you'll get there if you, if, you, if you're committed to it so, and that that goes across all areas of life, isn't it? Is, yeah. is this is this positive for you? Is this having a positive impact? Exactly. And I enjoy it. it. You get one life, so you want to enjoy it. Okay. So my last question. Yes. Um, going back to like food, I guess food and drink is quite a tricky one to end on. But again, mm. 
in your opinion, what would be a small change that could have the biggest impact when it comes to food and drink, in your opinion? People that you could give people advice now, what would be the one small change that they could do that would have a really big impact? The, it's water that jumps to my mind, drink more water. Yeah. Because I think that has so many benefits. And I think that's one, it's such an easy thing to do, isn't it? Put an open glass on your desk in front of you, have a bottle of water when you're out and about that you carry around with you. But just increasing your water intake yeah. helps with, it does reduce hunger. It will help increase your focus, your concentration, your energy levels. It helps everything function in the way that it's supposed to function. I just, it has that cross section of, of benefits, doesn't it? But it's so easy to do. It's, it's an incredibly easy habit to fall out of, but it's also something very easy to do. We're coming into she says on day two of sunny <laughs> weather in the UK we're coming into you know the, that that time of year where we should be increasing hydration because of heat um but actually it's a good time of year to make sure that you carry enough water around you around with you so I think that's the easiest thing is is increased water there's lots of food changes that you could make but I think yeah. water is the easiest thing it's the smallest stone with the biggest ripple for me is to increase your water and isn't it like 70 I don't know what the exact stat is but isn't it 75% of our body is water so you need to be replenishing it all yeah. day long yeah yeah I would I would agree I think the biggest change is, is water if yeah. I had the second one that's related to food my food one would be wherever possible whenever possible eat foods that don't have a label on them yes because that's, if you do yeah. that you know i am yeah fully on board with that is yeah. if it's you know that that whole food element of if you can i'm not i like the 80 20 percent kind of yeah. ethos of 80 percent of what your body needs to function properly um and at its best and 20 percent of what you enjoy and what food and drink that's exactly what I do yeah and so you know 80% whole foods of things that that you know have got that nutrient density that's got the vitamins and minerals that that you need and then yeah 20% of the, all of the things that pizza and wine and chocolate cake but why not <laughs> in that order <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah definitely yeah you wouldn't want life without it but it is it is about giving it is doing what is needed before what is wanted and i think if people Which is a great are, analogy for life really isn't yeah. it if you can get into that 80 20 way of let's talk food or drink what then happens is that has a ripple effect on the anxiety and all the problems that people and the guilt and the shame that people feel with food yeah is if you're eating whole i'm not gonna say eating well because i think that's a good word but eating whole foods without label like predominantly without labels on 80 percent of your week then when you do indulge in sticky toffee pudding with clotted cream vanilla ice cream or whatever it is is your thing it, again it goes back to this God, that was just really nice i'm done i don't need any more of that yeah. and it, it, you know and that's kind of where i always try and get people to it's like get to a stage where going back to your thoughts around positivity you know 
how your body's going to feel if you fuel it right. And then if yeah. you do have something that potentially is not fueling your body right, your body's your body is equipped. Your body is a set, a set of systems. You put chocolate yeah. cake or pizza in your body once in a while, it can totally deal with it. It can. If you're doing it every single day, that's when the drain gets clogged and it overflows. And you're like, oh, yeah. my body can't deal with this. So when you do then have it, you enjoy it, you savour it, it's delicious. It's it's enough to get you through because the rest of the time your body's used to eating the whole foods. And then you don't wake up the next day or go about your day feeling like absolute hell because your, yeah. your body's systems are working. The cogs are turning. They're well oiled and they can process that food in your body and do what they need to do with it. And um, I think some people think, like you said, it's like all or nothing. So I can never have that again. Yeah. So you can. Of course you can. And I think that that's a positive, healthy relationship to have with food, isn't it? Which yeah. I think is what so many of us who've ever had a negative relationship with food or an unhealthy relationship with food is what we're all still striving yeah. to achieve. And, and it is possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it is, um, you know, it's it's time, effort and energy, isn't it? And it's a journey and it's a lifestyle. It's yes. not a 30 day or 10 day quick fix. You can do those types of things if that's what you need to do. But yeah. ultimately, it's about lifestyle changes that you enjoy when you make those little changes that you really enjoy it just becomes the norm and it, it you just don't yeah. go back you don't go back my my question to people is is um often can do you see yourself being able to live like this in 12 months time yeah and if the answer is yes we're, we are good we are on a good yeah. track if the answer is no okay what do, what do we need to change yeah completely what a great note to end on yeah that was awesome. amazing thank you so much the um the time has gone very very quickly thank you so much for your for your time what great questions and a really really interesting conversation i know there is lots in there that people will be able to take away we will put your links in so that people can come and uh find you yeah, um, on the different platforms yeah. um and get in touch with you if they've got any questions same for me if people have listening, watching this back and have questions for either of us, do feel free to get in touch. More than happy to have a chat um, and see where we can help. Thank you so much, Emma, for your time. Thank you for listening and watching. Uh, this is the last of the four on this topic. So we will be back next week with new topics and new guests. But thank you, Emma, again for your time. Thank you for you guys watching in. And we will see you all very soon. Wait a minute. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.